Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the HR Sucks podcast. As always, it's me, your buddy, Katrina, and I want you to do this quick exercise for me. Close your eyes and imagine yourself happy. Where are you? What are you doing? Who are you with? What are you wearing? What are you eating or drinking? After 60 seconds, open your eyes. That is an example of visualizing, and that's what our guest on this episode, Tara Aldridge, does for her clients. Tara Aldridge is the founder of Vision to Business, a live event helping women earn a living doing what they love. About to launch her sixth event, I sit with Tara to discuss how she brought her vision to life, launched a successful podcast, and continues to stay motivated as the world has called for drastic change. I hope you all enjoy this episode as much as I did. Today's episode is sponsored by Game Day HR. Game Day HR is changing the way the world thinks about HR. With capabilities to absorb a business's day-to-day HR tasks or support the current HR team, Game Day HR provides an affordable and efficient dedicated HR team to help push your business forward. Visit www.gamedayhr.com today to schedule a free, that's right, free HR audit for your business. With Game Day HR, it's game day every day. We get down to the beat, y'all. We get down, down to the beat, y'all. We get down to the beat, y'all. Hello, welcome to the HR Sucks Podcast, where we'll get down to the good, the bad, and the crap of workplaces today. <laughs> I am so happy that I have this guest with me today. She almost canceled on me, but she remembered my rule and she loves me so much. And so she made it happen. I have the amazing, the incomparable, the face that lights up a virtual room, creator of the two-day workshop vision to business, host of the highly regarded podcast, The Smart Woman Show, which I'll probably never be invited to, Tara Aldridge, welcome to the show, friend. (laughs) You are awesome. You are so awesome. And I would never cancel on you. I know. Schedule, maybe. I know. I just, you know, because I posted on Facebook or something about that and you messaged me like, that was totally me. So I have to give you a hard time. Bring it. Let's do it. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good night. Wherever you're coming in from. We've been trying to plan this for a while. And so I know you just did a big launch with your business. Like, tell us about it. Like, what is vision to business? Like, what is your mission with that? Oh, gosh, we're already preparing for vision to business six. Can you believe that? Vision to business six. And so I think, you know, one of the last times we talked, we were doing vision to business five, which was in November. So Mm -hmm. that feels Mm -hmm. forever ago. Um, but that was extraordinary. Uh, the ripple effect from that event, I actually was just doing a training call, really talking about how important your ripple effect is Mm -hmm. in the world. And my ripple effect from vision to business five is like still going, I'm still getting text messages from women who are like that event changed my life. And so I think, I think it comes down to these moments. If I can just take a moment here, 
Mm-hmm. But I'm so grateful to myself for being terrified to step into my power, being terrified to use my voice, scared people are going to judge me. And I did it anyway. And now I'm like hosting these events that are changing women's lives. Yeah. And like pretty badass. I think it's important that you, I love that. Well, ex- give us like a deeper idea of what, what, what's the ripple effect? Give me an example, like starting from vision to business one to now we're at five, almost six. So I love this story because it reminds me <laughs> that failure is inevitable. My very first vision to business one was called step into abundance. It wasn't even called vision to business. Okay. Step into abundance. I rented out this major, huge mansion on the West coast of Canada. It was beautiful. It's like 18,000 square feet, six mm-hmm. car garage. Like it was just gorgeous. It was all things abundant. And I was going to have 12 women come and it was just going to be amazing. I put down a $3,000 deposit, had chefs in line, photographers, everything. And no one came. Oh, I would have came. I don't know if you would have, you know why? Because I, I was still really rocky on my message and I just don't think that it was where God wanted to lead me. So I think that that like me failing there was really important. Mm-hmm. It, it was important that I failed at that. Cause God was like, eh, yeah, kind of. And not that, how about this? But what was important about that is that I didn't quit after that failure. Hmm. Cause I wanted to. That reminds me like on Instagram, like what, like what you just talked about, like what happened with nobody showing up on Instagram. It's like, you know how they have like that Q and a feature No. where you can, yeah, you can like ask questions or whatever. Like anybody asked me a oh, question. Yeah. Okay. That's like, for me, I feel like I never do that because I'm, I'm thinking, what if nobody asks a question? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'm ready for that kind of rejection yet. (laughs) So, so that this, that's what reminded me of like your show. I mean, there's like a million examples we can, I mean, not, I'm sorry, your event. There's a million examples we can give of that happening. Right. When you're a kid, it's like, is anybody going to show up to my birthday party? When you get older, it's, is anybody going to show up to my birthday party? When you get into entrepreneurship, is anybody going to show up? But what's like the biggest thing, right? Show up for yourself. Mm-hmm. Show yeah. up for you. That's it. The people will follow. Totally. Be what's missing. You know, I talk a lot about that inside of my community, especially when women come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, my husband, he doesn't understand. He's not supportive of my business or whatever this entrepreneurial um, road that she's following. And I'm like, okay, well describe him to me. Mm-hmm. And she'll be like, well, he's insensitive. He's not understanding. He's blah, blah, blah. And like the list goes on. I'm like, great. So you get to be what's missing. So if connection is missing, you get to be that. So you get to be connected with your husband or if um, like understanding of his, of, of your dreams is missing, then you get to be understanding of his dreams. When's the last time you checked up on your husband? And mm-hmm. that is really showing up generously when you're not just focused on yourself. Yeah. I mean, I check in on, on my imaginary husband every day and our marriage is fantastic. <laughs> He never talks back. (laughs) (laughs) It's the funny things that are imaginary. (laughs) What what were you doing before this? Like, what was the road to doing this event? It's it. When I go down the whole story of it, it feels like it's a bit of a long road. But I guess it's not really. If you fast forward through all of it, 
I was born an entrepreneur from lemonade stands and pet babysitting to the to my own makeshift babysitters club from knockoff from the books. Okay. You know, I even enrolled like three other girls to be like the babysitters club to, um, you know, running away to go work on cruise ships and, and learning the whole cruise ship world of, of sales and profits and all those things. I became an auctioneer super randomly on cruise ships. It's just like, I was really good at sales in the art gallery. So they're like, okay, you're going to be an auctioneer. And I'm like, I'm not an auctioneer. And they're like, you are now. Like the ones that are like $100, $100, two, two, do I hear yeah. two, like that? Yeah. Can you, give me, can you give me an example? Can you do it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that used to really bother me when people would do that, but I just now expect it every single time. So yes. So it's just one and one and a quarter, one and a half and 75, then we go two, two and a half and three and three and a quarter and three and a half and 75 and four. Sold. Wow. So, you're amazing. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I mean, that, cool things with it, but, but so, so there was that and oh my gosh, like along with that came so much power, so much money. I mean, I was 24 years old. I was making 30 grand a month. It was a yeah. lot of money. It was a lot yeah. of money for a 24 year old. And, um, I got off cruise ships and I'm like, but I'm an auctioneer, right? I was doing three auctions. I was doing a million dollars a month in revenue. Wow. And I was responsible for making that happen. So when I got off cruise ships, cause I was like, this isn't sustainable. I can't do this yeah. for the rest of my life. I'm going freaking crazy on this ship. Oh my gosh. I would die. Yeah. I almost did. That's another story, but um, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but then I got off ships and I thought it was so amazing. Cause I was in the cruise ship world, which is a totally different world outside of the real planet. They're like, you do what? No, that's not a thing. They're like, you can be a waitress. Cause I had no formal education. I wasn't anything. I was in a self-made auctioneer. Mm -hmm. So I went into the waitressing industry and hated it. Loved it. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I partied really hard, but I just, again, this isn't sustainable. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. Like I've got to do something extraordinary. This isn't extraordinary. This is basic. Mm -hmm. And so I just always had that pull. So I started a media production company. Um, I was just telling my, the editor of my book that's coming out in September, I was telling her, I'm like, you know, I actually am a self-made newscaster as well. She's like, mm. shut up. I'm like, yeah. And I went, I went to the, the school. It's like this well-known school in, in Canada. It's called BCIT. They're really well-known for journalism and broadcasting. Okay. And so they teach you how to be a news broadcaster. So I go to the orientation. They're like, only 5% make it. And you've got to have A's in this class and B's in this class and a whatever, whatever for this class. And I'm like, I don't, I bear, I don't even know if I graduated high school. Like, so I'm not making it into this school. And so when I left the school, I was like, screw it. I'm just going to be a newscaster. How hard can it be? Mm -hmm. So I went home, I turned on the news, I turned the volume off and I put on the closed captioning so I could mm -hmm. see what they were saying. And I just started practicing my news voice because that's all it is really. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely made to be in front of the camera, right? I kind of um, I think we connected on Facebook, you know, through a group that we're in. And, you know, when someone goes live, you get like the notifications. Mm -hmm. And so I would see your little live things. And I just happened, I'm not really on Facebook that much, um, but I was on it on my browser. And so I was like, which, who's this, you know? <laughs> and you just like, I, I clicked on it and it was just like your face and your lipstick was done. Basically how you look right now. I think your hair might've been up. And you were just like, you know, like 
just talking like as if we like like just having a conversation with your girlfriends you know it's good feedback and I'm like she's cute I think I want to talk to her and I you know we started connecting on there and I just you were definitely made to be in front of the camera and this isn't this is not a knock for anybody who is behind the camera because it's extremely hard to be like the operational side of it but I can't imagine, you know, so you, you decide you want to have this live event because you've obviously recognized you belong in front of people teaching coaching capacity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what was like the moment when you decided I'm going to do this live event? I saw somebody doing it. It's, it's kind of, I'm, I'm seeing this through line and thank you for this question because it like is even coming together here for me now. I just, I'm seeing this through line of seeing something work and just replicating it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I just, I saw a two day event work. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I can do that. I can do that. I know the science of a room because it was an auctioneer. I know how to sell to a room. I can do that. Mm-hmm. So I did it. Started with nine women, but I still, I still made a hundred grand that weekend. Those two yeah. days, we made a hundred grand with nine women in the room. That's what matters, right? It's not about, I mean, even on social media, it's like you could have a hundred thousand followers, but if you're using it for business and if you're not selling anything, what's the point, you know, I mean, other than sharing knowledge, I'm sure. So it was a live event. How did you, now we have to go virtual how did you stay motivated going through like the daunting process of transitioning it to a virtual event? Five vision to business five was the first virtual or vision to business four was the first virtual. Okay. And so what was that like, it was nerve wracking, but I do everything scared. You know, it's like, well, is this going to work? It's the same thing you said. Is anybody going to come to my party? Yeah. It's not live. So who's going to show up? And actually more people got to show up. It's all about really being willing to pivot. And I mean, if anybody is stuck in not pivoting, you better get over it because this year it's, you're going to be pivoting left. I mean, we just found out right now, right here, mandatory. If you live in the state of California, mandatory, if your kids want to go to school, they get the coronavirus vaccine. Well, mm-hmm. maybe that's not aligned with you. Pivot, mm-hmm. pivot, homeschool, right? Figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. You know, at least, but, but the important thing is, is stand. I really stand for my vision to business event because it changes lives. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't have an opera. I don't have an, the option of being like, well, I can't do it live. So I'm not going to do it. I don't have that option. God told me, create this, do this, be that go. And it's not like, oh, well, this isn't really, this isn't really that accommodating for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think one of like the great I think filtering processes for entrepreneurs, and you could tell me if you agree or not is, well, you probably do because you do it. But if I'm scared, I feel like that means do it. Mm -hmm. Like you have to go out of your like intuitive fence, right? You have to stretch outside of that comfort zone. I know it's like fluffy and everybody says that, but I feel like nobody really knows what, like how how to recognize when to do it and when not to do it. So sometimes I'll even feel myself, you know, somebody will ask me if I want to do something or try something or whatever. And if my initial feeling is like, that makes me uncomfortable, I say, yes, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try it. If I don't like it or whatever, if, there, if there's no value in it, I won't do it anymore, but I have to do it. Like now I'm just curious. And so 
you kind of get used to leaning into that feeling. And it looks like that's what you've continued to do with your virtual event. Um, one of the things, you know, as you know, that we do as a company is to help employees connect their career with their passion without feeling like they have to leave their position or the workplace altogether. The women in your program, which I've had the opportunity to speak to, uh -huh. are they all coaching full-time? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're all coaching full-time. So for those, so, so there are none that are like, maybe have another job and then they're doing this to build up. So I have two programs. Um, I have my UR coach program, which is more of an entry level to seeing if this is a fit for you. Like, okay. do I want to be a coach? Well, here's what it takes. It's six weeks. You know, you go through the program, it's either for you or it's not for you. And then at that point, I bring you into my more high-end mastermind. And at that point, if you're not willing to be all in, you're not really invited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're all at in my, and you are a coach. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're working and they're building it at the same time, but once they get to PPI, which is powerful, profitable, impactful women in business, they're already full-time coaching. Okay. So when they come into your like rookie program, we'll call it like your rookie program. Um, they probably have their other jobs. Have you noticed that even whether they decide to go full-time in coaching or not, do you feel like it still reinvigorates them to find passion with what they're doing outside of coaching, like their, their full-time job, their duties, whether it's being stay at home? Yeah, of course. I mean, everybody wants to feel like they're contributing. Everybody wants to feel that they matter, but what they don't realize is that we all matter. Every single person. And well, maybe they realize that people around them matter, but they don't recognize that just by being and speaking their truth makes a major difference for other people. And so of course it's invigorating because you see the difference you're making instantly, even just with one life, one person. So it's important to note then like even go, like going through your program, there's value in it, whether you choose to go full-time coaching or not, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're, you know, you're learning something. You're, like you said, you're learning to matter. You're learning how to tell your story, whatever that story is. And so they're like, I, I, I don't want people to be discouraged from trying something new and thinking, well, I, don't, I may not want to do that long-term. It's okay. Cause there's still value in learning the process and, and going through the exercises. Is that totally. fair to say? Yeah, totally. And I also really encourage people, the women, cause I work with women. I encourage them when they join the UR coach program that they finish it. Mm -hmm. because it's really easy to quit on yourself. And especially if you're a serial quitter, you quit on everything, you don't follow through with anything, then, you know, it's, it's bound to happen here. So I really do encourage that they finish it. Yeah. We definitely start convincing ourselves when we're feeling uncomfortable. Like we start justifying why we should quit, right? Oh, you can justify anything. Yeah. Tell us about the smart woman show podcast best show ever. <laughs> it is an incredible show. I, I like when I think about the smart woman show, I, I almost think of it as something that's outside of me. I think mm -hmm. I, guess I created it, but it's just taken its own life. It's like, it's an entire, it's, 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 it's an entire entity on itself. And I'm so proud of it. I feel honored to be the host of it. Mm -hmm. And um, the guests that we bring on, they're just, they're sensational. They're they're empowering, they're influential, they're, they're driven and they're vulnerable. You know, mm -hmm. there's nothing that they won't share. They're generous. 
Um, it's been featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur, Business Insider, Yahoo Finance. I mean, what I just, you know what's so cool about the Smart Woman Show? I just found out. <gasps> Tell me. It's number four in entrepreneurship and business in Estonia. And that's why is awesome. that cool? like Estonia, who cares? Actually, that's really cool because that means that people, women, especially because who else is listening to the Smart Woman Show, in repressed countries are being empowered to make a difference, to find their light, to create something extraordinary, to create something that is outside of their comfort zone. And so that, oh, that I cried when I found that out. I'm like, well, I'm making a difference. I love that. Yeah. And, and, and it's, 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 a thankless job at first, right? You're like, it's, it's that it's showing up. Is anybody going to show up to your party? Is anybody going to listen? Is anybody listening to the show? Like, do they get value from it? And you just keep going. Um, you know, for me, I started the videos like the HR quickie videos. It was literally just my iPhone in front of my face talking about employee management, making fun of it, even, um, mm-hmm. just saying the things that nobody else was saying. And then I think uh, a couple of weeks ago, I found out Forbes listed me as a top 10 social media influencer of 2020. I'm like, are you sure you've got the right person? Cause, but it's like, it matters. Like it's, it'd be silly for me to say it didn't, there was no validation that came from it. There was absolute validation of being true to yourself, talking about the things that you're passionate about and people will find value in that. And so for your show, smart woman show, that leads me to my next question. So how does, Ed Milet, who I take it does not identify as a woman, end up on your show? Well, Ed Milet, as you know, I mean, he's both of our mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves women. He empowers women. He actually spent a good part of 2020 just, and I think even 2019, really gearing his marketing towards women. He paired up with Rachel Hollis. Um, which is actually really what brought me into Ed was, was mm-hmm. her like following, following Rachel and then being like, Oh, who's this Ed guy. And then, you know, him just aligning with a message that makes sense to him. You know, he follows his heart. He follows, he's, he's very much, he's a man. Yes. But he also is super vulnerable. He's super, mm-hmm. open, he's super connected and he's extremely intuitive. He's really intuitive. And you'll actually hear that on, I don't know if you've listened to the episode, but he's really intuitive in, in where I'm even guiding him on, yeah. the, on the interview. He's there before you get there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's there you get there. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, I love that. Um, so let's kind of pivot a little bit. I want to talk about, uh, because this is an HR podcast. Um, I know that you have employees at your company. What has been the most challenging about managing others? <laughs> <laughs> getting hot in here. Um, that's, that's me, girl. That's me. That, <laughs> that's you. That is definitely you. <laughs> I love you. Listen, here's the deal. People, we all come with our crap. And um, I am a firm believer that what I'm seeing is what I'm giving off. What I'm experiencing is coming from within. And I really am responsible most of the time with what I'm creating. I gotta be really honest with you. I don't enjoy managing people. That's perfectly fine. I just don't, I just, I don't wanna deal. Like I love heart to hearts. I I love sharing and I, I love knowing what's going on in your life. But when it's like a 
affecting the end result. And like the person in front of me is all triggered up. And like, I'm just like, all I'm saying is, Hey, we get to strategize in the next three months. Um, you know, some, something different. And they're like, mm -hmm. take that all personally. I just, I really hate it. I'm just being honest. I really hate it. Just do your job and get your thing done. So I struggle sometimes. I really do. It's been a, it's been a great opportunity for me to learn and I can't wait to hire a COO. So I don't yeah. have to manage because it's not my zone of genius. Managing people is not my zone of genius. I can lead people. I can cast the vision, but when it comes down to dealing with the, with the nuances of things that quite frankly, just don't matter. Mm -hmm. I'm not your girl. I think that's very important for you to share with our listeners, because I think like when we start creating these like blanket statements of like everybody can, you know, can manage people and everybody should enjoy it. it. You start to ask, like, I'm sure you probably asked yourself, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, why do I not enjoy doing this? So you, you clearly enjoy being friends with everybody is what you took, what you just said. <laughs> I do want to know their life. You want to know what makes them tick. You want to know their passion. And I, and I actually think that I would, I think that we need more of that in HR, just generally speaking, like knowing our people, how do you service people that you don't know anything about? Mm. Um, but I think that's very fair for you to say that. So, you know, for people listening, it's, it's okay if it's not something you enjoy. So grind it out and get to a point where you can hire a buffer, like hire a buffer person in between that is really analytical, really performance driven. Um, you know, the spreadsheets and the, and the, you know, ratings and the reviews and hire that person. And then you get to do what you want, but you, it's okay to recognize that you don't really enjoy managing people at work. I think that's very, there's no freedom in that sometimes, right? It's a very prisoner like situation. And I love that. And, and, and so you learned about that about yourself. So I have to ask you, tell us about a time you made a big mistake. Like, what was it? How did you ensure to not make that mistake again? It doesn't have to be necessarily managing uh, people, but just in general with business, like what kind of mistakes did you have to endure? Oh, the mistakes I've made. <laughs> Which one should I pick? You know, my, my whole life is, is making mistakes and I love it. I'm, I'm happy to make mistakes. I really am. Um, I would say a recent mistake that I've made is not being clear on roles. And I actually learned this from you. <gasps> Me? From you. I learned this from bringing you on as my HR team in um, a girl that I hired, uh, mostly because I felt sorry for her. <laughs> well, that happens. So, so That's the friend Tara. That's like girlfriend Tara, right? Yeah. So that's, well, yeah. And that's me like, I'll fix your problems, Tara. Um, don't worry, we can build your business while you're helping me build mine. That's a huge mistake. Don't hire somebody who wants to be you. Yeah, <laughs> like that's, first, that's very fair. one mistake. Um, don't hire somebody you feel you need to fix. Uh, done that, I'm still doing that, not doing that anymore. Um, but, but really uh, going back to what I originally said was really understanding what role I'm hiring for, what, what the title of that is, I'm still, still one girl on my team. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to call her. Mm -hmm. we, we, and we go back and forth on so many things. And 
it comes down to what is what who are you hiring and what are their duties yes so they know and you know what the expectations are and so another mistake i make in life in general is i really and i don't know if this is a mistake or just something that i get to add um a little bit of structure to but that i give everyone the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. i'm like i like see you and i'm like you're amazing like yeah. everything you do, everything you say, everything you're about to create, it's going to be amazing no matter what. And that doesn't really give them any room to fail. And it doesn't give me any room to um, really identify what they may need support with. But I like that. That's kind of my personality. Well, that's like a visionary thing, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a visionary, but I do have like an analytical, like refinement side to me, mm -hmm. but I'm mostly like a visionary. I'm like, it's in my head and I want you to do what's in my head. Like I, I could see it, it's there and I'll like describe it. And I give very few like details about it. And then it comes back to you and you're like, what the heck? Like, that is not what I had in my head. You know, yeah. it's not their fault necessarily. It's just like you, like we don't do because the vision is there and it's been there for weeks, for months, for years. Like we know it back and forth, like, and we only know what it's not supposed to be when we see it. And so you have, we, I think for us, the struggle is like, we just have to do the details sometimes, whether we like it or not, because it saves us so much yeah. stress down the line and disappointment. And so I, I like what you said about being intentional. It's be intentional. So with your mistake that you, you said you made, it's be more intentional with what you're looking for. Mm. You know, don't just kind of throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks, like know what you want this person to do. That's and don't be so ambiguous about it because you're going to be disappointed if you do that. I literally coach my clients to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Well, coaching is different, right? Cause yeah. coaching, coaching is like, I, I mean, there's, there's a certain therapy therapy aspect to it, right? You kind of, you're using emotions. You're it's highly emotional, but when you're managing people in the workplace, it's actually not emotional, right? It's very like physical, like what are they getting done? And so it works with coaches to, to like at, from therapy, when you're coaching people, how do you, how do you get the best performance out of that person? How do you help them shift their mindset, you can do that. You can like, okay, try this, try this exercise, but with managing someone and you have like a clear idea of the result you're looking for, mm -hmm. it's details, unfortunately, you know? So it's interesting that you brought Ed Milet up in this conversation because all I'm hearing and seeing in my mind as you're talking is a training that Ed did. And I think you were on it when he was speaking into the, the power of casting the vision. And mm -hmm. he's like, I cast the vision every day, all day. Like I'm constantly casting the vision. And one way that he said that he does that is through the five senses. You know, right. what does the vision look like? What does the vision feel like? What does the vision sound like? What does the vision smell like? Mm -hmm. What does the vision taste like if there's a taste to it? Right. And so I think like, yes, there's details that sound like maybe somebody's listening is going details means spreadsheets, calendars. Not at all. It can be. Mm -hmm. And the details can also be like sensational. So the details of the vision are generally sensational. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. 
our mission is like, you know, one of our missions is to create happier workplaces, which ultimately creates a happier world. Um, we want people to be happy, like doing what, what they want to do. What makes you happy? What makes me happy? I, the first thing that I hear is happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, I don't, I don't actually, I don't, I don't talk a lot about being happy because I don't actually believe in that. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in being happy. I believe in choosing joy mm -hmm. and happiness is just a byproduct of joy. And so joy is a choice. It's a way of being, you get to choose to wake up and see opportunity and possibility inside of your quote unquote circumstance, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you choose to allow that circumstance to define you in scarcity and lack anxiety and pain, trauma and victim. And so I mean, generally speaking, I think people would say that I'm a happy person. I'm also a really intense person. So it may be like, oh, she's not happy because she's intense. Mm -hmm. I actually feel like as long as I'm doing kingdom work, as long as um, my kids are alive and my husband's right. alive, my family, you know, my ha family's happy and healthy, um, I'm happy. But who cares about being happy? That's a fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. You know, like, are you choosing joy? It's different. It's different than happy. So would you say joy for you is helping others choose joy? Mm -hmm. Helping them find it, right? Helping them break free from limiting thoughts and beliefs and victim, you know, being a victim. Yeah. I would say there's an element of joy that I get when I see people breaking through. Yeah. Um, that, that really inspires me when I watch people take themselves on. And so, yeah, I would say that that probably creates joy inside of me, but really what creates joy inside of me is being goofy, like yeah. laughing, being silly. Um, karaoke brings me joy. Um, <gasps> me too. When are we going? Go. I love I karaoke. Like I, people like don't know this, but I get down. Let's do it. When, like, when up. like Celine Dion type shit. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Like I was, I was in, in high school, I was in the choir, middle school, high school. I sang the national anthem throughout all high school. Like I, like I could get down girl. We're going when, when the world is going to allow it, we're going. Well, I also have my own karaoke machine, so we don't have to wait. Okay. I'm coming over. Look, put it. Hey, I'm going to send you my Calendly link. <laughs> you can put it on my calendar for karaoke Let's session. Let's do it so I can reschedule it. <laughs> Oh man. Okay. No, let's got me. Touche. I Where... love this question. Don't leave it yet because I'm okay. like, what makes me happy? What makes you happy? Here, okay. So do you know what brings me a ton of joy? Horses. I noticed that. I see that on your social. Yeah. I, I, every morning I run down to my horses and I run back our mile our it's like a six mile run mm -hmm. between all the driveways and the things. And, um, I hug my horses, every single one of them, I bring them a tree and they just, they, they're just so beautiful. I can totally respect that. I don't have horses. I have a, a dog, um, but I do find horses, elephants. I'm a huge fan of elephant. Like if I had to compare myself to an animal, I'm, I feel like I'd be an elephant, like my memory, just like kind of a leader, you know, leading kind the pack. You're not kind of a leader. Well, you know what I mean? But like a gentle leader, right? I do. I mean, in terms of like Christianity and 
like, I do believe in leading gently. Like you, you don't assert yourself. You don't bully people, right? You kind of show them how to access their power and lead them that way. That's something that's really special to me. I think mm-hmm. like, don't do it because I told you to do it, do it because you want to do it, mm-hmm. you know? Time went by too fast. So this was like the fastest call I've ever, or, or podcast I've ever had. It's because I love you. No, I love you too. And you're used to interviewing men. I know. I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my, I got two females on the docket for January and February. So I'm really excited. Um, where can listeners find you, your company, your services, your amazing live videos that you do? You know, I, I'm the same as you. I'm like, you know what? Come and if you want, like, like come if you want. So if there's something in this, if you're listening and something in, in this is like, you know, oh my gosh, I totally, that totally lands with me or that, that word that I hate resonates with you, mm-hmm. then, then come and you can find me pretty much anywhere that the name Tara Oldridge is listed. If you come up against a stripper, that is not me. That is not me. It happens, dogs. Um, that there's two Tara Oldridge's in the world, me and a stripper. <laughs> if you Maybe find- they name themselves after you. No, I, I was Googling my my name and I was like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. But um, you can find me at Tara Oldridge, pretty much anything, taraoldridge.com um, and the Smart Woman Show, of course, and the Smart Woman Group on Facebook. But mostly I would say, since you, you'll probably be launching this prior to my event, um, just a gift for your listeners is come to Vision of Business. It'll change your life. It'll rock your world. We go through everything from limiting beliefs to really crushing it in business and what it looks like to get clear on your message and, and ultimately what it looks like to conquer your fears and, and be a powerful, profitable, impactful woman. I love that. So Tara Oldridge, look it up, not the stripper. And then <laughs> you can actually go to taraoldridge.com. Um, and all the information for vision to business is on there. So to highly recommend everybody, you know, if you're listening to this women, you're looking for any, if you just want to feel good, go like sign up, enjoy it, lavish in it, bathe in it. And I'm sure you'll walk out with a ton of amount of value. So Tara, thank you for being here. You're so welcome. And you may actually just want to go directly to vision to business live.com because I think that's okay. the free gift. So vision to business live.com and come for free. Why not? Got it. Love it. Thank you everybody for listening. You can find us on Instagram at HR sucks. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a beat. That's right.